Riding Around is an improvised recap of a sitcom that never existed. Enjoy! I'm Kelly Quinn. And I'm Malin Von Euler-Hogan. We met as actors on the hit early 2000s sitcom Riding Around, the first network comedy ever to be filmed entirely on... And around... A bus. And we're still pretty good friends. And now we're doing the official Riding Around fan podcast. Each week, we'll talk about an episode of the show and bring you interviews, fun facts, and behind-the-scenes stories that only two people who were on the bus can tell you. Come ride around with us. Well, hi, Mullen. How's your week going? Hey, Kelly. It's been a good week. It's been a really good week. Super hot in LA. How about you? Of course. Classic hot in New York, too. Hot on both coasts right now, I think. I think the two cities have a lot in common. It was such agony for me to decide to leave Los Angeles after the show went off the air. Ultimately happy with the choice I made, although I do feel that it has potentially slowed down my acting career. Certainly there's less jobs over here, but I got to tell you, my girls love it. They love it here in New York and it's, it's a muggy mess, but it's our muggy mess. I love that. Some people have been writing in asking because you've referenced your girls a few times on the show in our previous two episodes. Could we learn a little more about them, whatever you're comfortable sharing? Yes, of course. Thank you for that. I don't want them to feel like those, you know, how sometimes showbiz kids have to grow up under the spotlight of their parents. Yes fame. And I I never wanted that for them, but I am happy to talk about them because I'm so proud of my girls. Their names are Katie and Lauren. They are eight and 10 years old. I had them, um, you know, one of them I had late into the run of the show. And then I had one right after the show. Yeah. The year after we went off the air, you know, I'd be lying if I said, Oh, that was, you know, I wasn't sort of needing a new purpose in my life. And boom, there comes a baby and there's my Lauren. So mm-hmm. that's your new, your new show. Mm-hmm. My new show, my new hit. Well, they're lovely girls. I've had the pleasure of meeting them a handful of times. Don't know if they would remember me. They were so young when last time I saw them. But Oh no, they, they know their aunt Mollen. That's lovely to hear. Tell them I said hi. I will. I just want to thank everybody who's been writing in, who's been listening and sending in their questions. Keep them coming. And did you, I wanted to ask Mullen, did you ever hear back from Instagram about the record set, the potential record setting of the bus post or? I sent a DM and it, as of yet, it is unread. So I, I might pursue other channels. I just kind of found someone who seemed to work in the engagement sort of sector uh, there. Well, that's disappointing that they wouldn't have yet engaged with the message. Yeah, especially for what is becoming, you know, a pretty popular podcast. You'd think they'd want to service an account that has the potential to be pretty big on their platform. But to date, no dice. But speaking of our Instagram, I will say, please feel free to follow us at Riding Around Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Now, today we are going to be talking about season one, episode three, which is a really, really good episode, if I do say so myself. Well, I think I know why you're saying that. You have a bit of a star moment in this episode, if I may say. I was blessed uh, with a bit of a storyline in this one. And someone who takes up a lot of space in the A story of this episode is actually here today to help us out. Please welcome to the pod, Harvey Gordon. Wow, 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 wow. Memory lane. <laughs> Welcome, Harvey. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you, guys. I'm so glad you guys are doing this and that you reached out to me. This is this is huge for me. Thank you. Uh, I'm 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 so excited to talk about this episode. We're so glad to have a former castmate with us. It's a reunion every time, no matter how how uh, few of us there are. 
I sometimes I take the bus, like just like to sort of get back into that time in my life. And I sort mm-hmm. of look around hoping to see all my friends. And it, uh, it's never happened uh, just because we're not all. It would be insane if we were all on the same bus at the <laughs> right. same time. But imagine if it did happen, people would be going crazy. We got to do that. You know, I've actually been hearing from people who want to see a reunion show. And mm-hmm. I say, I say we do it. Even just a sort of ad hoc, we all get on a bus and right? take out our phones and film it ourselves, right? Like if the network's not interested, fine. But I say we do it. We could shop it to a streamer. That's like a thing that like you can do now, right? Like we've seen this happen with Gilmore Girls, for example. Their You're shows so right. previously aired on uh, WBCW. Then it went straight Hold to on. Netflix. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually DM... Peacock on um, Instagram right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because this is a, that's a really good idea to go to the streamers. See, this is why I loved being in a cast with a young person yes. like you, Harvey. Oh, yeah. You know, well. you you keep us young. You remind us. Uh, there's streamers. You there's know, streamers, right. but you know, it, you you that's very nice. It's very nice of you guys to say that. I felt great being on a set uh, with all of you because I feel like I learned a lot, not just how to act, how to be. So thank you. Oh, that's yeah. sweet. You're gonna make me cry, Harvey. Oh well, don't because if you start. I'm going to start. That's always how it was too, wasn't it? Once I start, Harvey starts. Yeah, I sometimes wouldn't even be involved. If I just saw you crying, I just was like, that. I can't believe this is happening. Whatever it was, I would just start crying. Oh God, I, I miss it. I really do miss it. So we're going to go ahead if it's okay and read to you, although you know it because you were mm-hmm. in it. We're going to read for you and our viewers the TV Guide synopsis of today's episode, episode three, and then we're going to talk about it. I'm excited. Remember, this is like my first big episode of TV, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to just talk about this. Oh, great. Malin, kick us off. After Frankie annoys everyone by playing his music out loud on the bus, Tom decides to set some house rules, or should we say bus rules? Meanwhile, Marsha has to drop out of the city attorney's race after realizing the job requires a law degree. So much. You can already see the way the writer's room was firing on all cylinders with this one. We have so many stories connecting here. You know, Harvey, of course, your character, Frankie, taking the ace story here, um, sort of wacky kid on the bus playing his music so loud. What choices did you decide to bring to that role? I got really lucky, you know, because I was I was sort of cast off of the sides from this episode. Like there was they were sort of like getting me on early. Um, and mm. I was just I got very lucky because I made I made them laugh in the room. And this is just sort of like it's kind of just me, you know, like I was a kid at the time. And the Venn diagram between Harvey and Frankie is actually it's kind of a circle, at least at that no. point. You know, yeah, it was kind of I was drawing on from my own experiences. A lot of adults would um uh, constantly be uh, frustrated or annoyed with me because I was a, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I was a brat. Oh, I have a hard time believing that. I always thought you were lovely. But how old were you when you got cast on Riding Around? God, I mean, I was 16 or 17 or something, you know, like it was like I was still in high school. So it was like such like a, you know, I had to go back to school after shooting it. And I was like, guys, I just saw this TV show. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, right. So everybody oh else gosh. went to school in Los Angeles, you know, so a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of uh, actor kids in my in my grade. Um, but I was young. I was still, you know, I was a young kid. And that, it wasn't lost on me that I was sort of like a, a fresh face and like a, you know, somebody that had a lot of growing to do still within uh, not just my craft, but uh, just as a person. So can we back up a little bit to mm-hmm. how you wound up in the room, even auditioning? I remember Diana talking about she ran into this kid at a skate park. And she was like, he's got something. He's got something to him. Not a great skater, but I do appreciate what I'm seeing about him. Talk to us how you went from bad skater at a skate park to on a hit television show on NBC. Yeah, a lot of my peers 
were skateboarders. That was like something that we just did uh, at the time. It was like a, just a popular thing that kids my age were into skateboarding. And I did not take to it. Uh, you know, I'll admit it. I was not very good. They say, you know, a bad dancer's got two left feet. I got, uh, I, I guess the same applies. <laughs> I guess two left feet on that board. Yeah, wouldn't do you, wouldn't serve you well. Uh, you need one of each. Dangerous uh, sport. Yeah. I would prefer if if everyone stopped it. <laughs> it's it's for the best, Harvey, that that wasn't really your wheelhouse because uh, I know many a, many a kid who's, I know a lot of kids and a lot of them yeah. have broken bones doing doing that sport. No, yeah, a lot of let's just say not with getting uh too into the weeds, a lot of the kids I grew up with uh their lives were forever changed after, you know, uh, a, a fall here or there. Oh, um, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. It's it's okay. Um thank you. Um for And your speaking words. of lives forever changed, riding around. Exactly. So I was not a great skateboarder. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh I was kind of more of an observer. I got on it a little bit uh and it was mostly hanging out by the snack shack just sucking down a Dr Pepper uh you know just kind of just chilling and gassing up my boys. You got to gas up your boys when you're at the skate park, you know. And that was they just liked my vibe. The uh Diane yeah, just really liked my vibe and um that like I guess as you can say the rest is history. They they brought me in. I read and uh they were like, "What do you like to listen to?" And I was like, "All sorts of stuff." And they're like, "Great." use that so wait remind me i i know i just watched the episode but the song that you're playing on the bus that annoyed tom so much who's that band it was actually well it's it's interesting because in streaming depends on where you watch it on streaming they didn't clear the rights for all the songs oh so the one that we are able to watch now and that probably people are watching along with is not the one that was originally broadcast on nbc exactly when it originally broadcast i was listening to yellow card only one i think it's called uh, oh. And then on the on the streaming version of it and subsequent DVD releases, if you got an original run of the mm-hmm. DVD, it's it's the it's the yellow card song. But I think they they did replace it with "Walking on the Sun" by Smash Mouth. It was just an easier thing for them to clear. It kind of fits. Still, it right, kind of works, yeah. but you can kind of tell that it's set to a different song. Sort of, they just need to put. So, they couldn't yeah. just take the song out, you know. Okay, I'm glad you said that because when I was watching it, I was watching myself mm-hmm. and I could see that I was kind of moving rhythmically to a song and it was not matching up with the Smash Mouth song. And I was like, I know me, I would have been on beat. Like what's going on? I just have to say that is so classic of you, Malin, to be so hard on yourself for a performance that was lauded at the time as being sharp, incredible. Oh, thank you. No, I, yes, I, I will never forget reading the AV club calling me sharp and just feeling like, oh, wow. Okay. I, I'm, I'm doing yeah. something right. I'm, I'm, I'm nailing this character. No, that was sharp. Sharp's what I was us. going for. Yeah. yeah. I remember I came in and, and I probably read that to you guys because sorry if that's a little bit like conceited or something, but I did feel like pretty proud of that. I, I remember us all having fun with that sort of like walking by you and being like, ah, you cut me. And then just be like, just kidding. Yes. Probably your sharp yes. performance. Sorry, yes. Yeah. <laughs> kind of stuff I would. Want. I love that kind of wordplay that you would do. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was very, very um, just, you know, well thought. Well, like it's sort of masterfully crafted mm-hmm. sort of comes to me. But that was, yeah. So that's a real, that's a little behind the scenes. You know, they had to change it because, and that's the thing you kind of run into. I see this happen on other shows too. You write a show and then you put, make music a big part of the episode. You got to remember those rights are expensive. They are. 
Especially, I mean, we're talking yellow card. <laughs> Good luck clearing yeah. any uh, of their stuff. Yeah, yeah. You never see it in commercials. You never see it in a movie, a major motion picture. It was a one-time thing, really. Because I think mm-hmm. they they were sort of interested in the show uh, based on the first couple episodes. They were doing this up into the wire, and uh, they were like, "Okay, put it in. This is going to be huge mm-hmm. for us." Mm-hmm. And it moved. It moved units. I I I, I know that it moved units. Kids got excited. Now, when you say moved units, Harvey. MP3s. People were buying MP3s. They were buying oh. CDs. They were going, you know, this, this thing sold gangbusters. Wow. And I guess this was back in 2006. So, yeah. I mean, I hope this wasn't happening, but I bet some illegal downloads were, were oh, this is probably prime. resulting yeah. Napster, LimeWire. Yeah. yeah. I sure hope not because those are some good guys. And if you know them personally, Yellow Card? I've met them. They've reached out to me after, like, truly after the episode came. This is huge for me. I was like the most popular kid in school. Like, they were like, wow, you guys, you know, Yellow Card? And I was like, uh, they reached out to me. They said, good job on the show. That was what they said. Oh my gosh. Hey, good job on the show. Good job on the show. Good job on the show. Thanks for listening to our tunes. And then they invited me to concerts. I would, uh, uh, they would actually, you know how like in concerts they like show like video on the screen sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. They showed the scene like on their <gasps> world out. tour. So like they showed me in places I've never even been before, Brazil. So it seems like, I mean, forgive me if this is rude, but you went from being sort of a loser to being, <laughs> yeah. I mean, an overnight celebrity among your peers. Yeah, no, uh, I don't think that's rude. I think that is an absolutely <laughs> laser accurate assessment. You couldn't even get a bully to bully me. Yeah, I mean, suddenly you were you were heartthrob status. Yes, Teen Vogue, I think, but you it had a whole spread with like "We'll ride his bus" kind of thing. And I remember thinking at the yeah. time, just just a little protective over you because you were still a minor at that point, and it felt not not amazing, not amazing to read that. But can I ask how your parents reacted to all of the press? It, well, the thing was, they were making it, the press went wild. They had a lot of sort of like what you alluded to there, Malin. Um, a lot of sort of like bus related sexual innuendos pointed at my direction. You name it. Yeah, I'll, I'll ride his bus. Uh, I'll pull his cord, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. His brakes. You know. And here I am just yeah. just begging yes. people to sexualize me and no one will do it. <laughs> That's being a woman of a certain age in Hollywood. And after you have kids, forget it. It's tough. I had a responsibility kind of actually, you know, when they were doing that to me to handle that sort of appropriately and not do what they wanted me to do, which was become like some sort of like mega hunk sex guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember yeah. you went on one of the late night shows, maybe Conan, to sort of set the record straight and yeah. be like, I'm actually just a normal guy. I remember that. That was like, I, I went up there and I was like, look, I don't care what Teen Vogue says of me. I don't care what they're saying about me in the tabloids. I'm not that hot. I'm actually like very <laughs> normal. And, like, kind of stop it. I'm just trying to be, like, a normal guy and, like, kind of, you know, I like kissing and stuff, but, like, doing it, like, normal amount. Oh, who doesn't? Yeah. Yeah. I forgot that you were in the tabloids, too, for a while. They were, the paparazzi were dogging the set of Riding Around. We had to, do you remember, there were times when Mal and I would be forming a human shield around you, ushering you onto the bus. We would tell them, photograph us, not the kid, right? Like, I'm right here. We're here. Yeah, no, I I remember um, that that was a very dark period because I I would see you know obviously pictures of me a lot in the magazines, but then it just in the foreground of those pictures, both of you knocked to the floor because the paparazzi's were ruthless and they just wanted pictures of me and they'd do anything to get a shot of me, including pushing both of you aside. 
Yeah, like we were trash. Yeah, get out of the way. I remember that. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Bring us the boy. <laughs> Bring us the boy. They'd say yes. I mean, they're predators. I, I, I'm glad you kind of got out of that world. You were also, you know, I'll say it. You're partying a little bit, so I'm glad when you kind of yeah, no, cleaned yeah, up yeah. your act a little bit because that that stuff can get dark. I mean. Look what happened with Brittany, you know, and and yes, I, I'm just glad they're not having to make a documentary about how you were treated. I wish somebody would make something about me. Just a little just it just it hasn't been like, you know, my my phone, let's say, hasn't been ringing that much. Now, but, that's so surprising to hear yeah. because you were such again, such a hit. Yeah. Can you walk us through your career post riding around? It's it's it, I, they they talked spinoff. For a little bit, right? Like we sort of we sort of shot a spinoff, um, and they were gonna put me on a uh, just like a commuter flight. They were like, okay, what's the next natural progression? So we've got a mid twenties guy doing flights. I, I remember. Right. I think, I think I read the script for that pilot. I it was funny. It was funny. It was funny. You know, they 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 had the same. They came. They were coming straight off of the heat from our final season uh, on right. riding around. So like they were just operating at a level. That was just like, you know, it's like they didn't stop. Like they broke the room mm-hmm. for the final season and then went straight into flying around, which is what they were going to call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it just didn't, pardon the pun, it didn't take off. They didn't they didn't love it. Uh, <laughs> and and there you go, proving why it should have taken off. Yeah, well, have. yeah, they, they wouldn't let me improvise. Get out. Yeah, I thought I was sort of their big star. And I was like, hey, I know you guys wrote all this stuff for me, but, you know, I'd ask first, mind if I go off? And... They were just always like, absolutely not. Stick to the stick See, to the script. See, that's a shame because yeah. you should have been getting go off king across the board. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, yeah, if yeah, and I feel like in today's landscape, I certainly would. But you know, it was it, it was it was nice to be a part of that process. You know, because I sort of got to inform what uh, what Frankie would be up to, why he'd mm-hmm. be on a flight every single week. Mm-hmm. So I never saw that. I yeah. actually never saw that pilot. I su- I assume they just you know said they're done with my character you know she yeah she sort of went off the rails in the last season in the farewell season which i wasn't happy about but what can you do mm-hmm. that's the writer's prerogative so um so i never saw this this pilot script so the premise is young man flying los angeles to los vegas. angeles to vegas is this a gambling problem are they kind of pulling on your your sort of former party days this is the thing they sort of didn't really have a complete thought about it they're like well this uh, is going to be a surefire hit we'll get uh, sophomore slump yeah, exactly. They let's get let's let's get Harvey in the mix. Let's get him on a plane. They're still writing about me. They're still like, he's so hot. Mm-hmm. He's so hot. We can't stop. I was just like, that's kind of. I had enough sense of how the business works to be like, that's not really enough to do a show. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and it yeah. was sort of like, yeah, I get the impulse. Like, yeah, like heightening wise, plane sort of is the next natural thing after bus. Right. You've right? always had it, such great comedic instincts too that. Those concepts Thank like you. heightening, all of that stuff, second nature to yeah. you. Yeah, and like I mean, I don't want to belabor it too much, but like just think about that for a second. Bus, <laughs> it's like pretty funny, right? Plane, uh, I'm holding on to my side here. This is crazy stuff. We're laughing. This is subversive. We're in the air. We're having right. a fun time, right? And an element of danger as well. Yeah, you know, and that sort of increases, I think, the laughs too, because it's sort of like everything's at a heightened, literally, the yeah. stakes are higher. They're in the air. And if you might die, you're probably going to laugh a little harder than you yeah, would. Yeah, when, when that tension gets broken, it's a yes. powerful release for an audience. I'm bummed that people didn't get to see this show because I think it could have been equally special, if not surpassed, riding around. But I, Well, I don't know if we could surpass what we did. That was, 
it, it, you know, you almost never do. You can never do. I, you could argue that Frazier is like the one that did it, but I don't. I don't know if I had Frazier in me. Let's just say, I'm no Kelsey Grammer. I mean, he's a star, but so are you. Oh well. So are you, Harvey. Both Thank things you. can exist. Thank you. Thank you. And so. As you might remember in this episode, when you're playing your music all loud and crazy, when you're mm-hmm. playing your yellow card, Tom, driver of the bus, mm-hmm. played, of course, by our good friend Gus uh, McKinnick. Yes. Now, Tom became, did he become s- somewhat of a, a father figure for you in the show? I know they were at different points. You guys would spar, then you'd come back together again. And in this one, he really lays down the law for you and says, kid, you got to turn that music off. Yeah. What was that relationship like for you? Like I said, I learned a lot from uh, the people that were older than me on the set. And Gus was obviously like significantly older than I I was. So we had a lot of time to like really work that out together. Um, and like he took me to dinner one night and was just sort of like, hey, like tomorrow when we're running the scene, I'm going to yell at you in a way that you're going to think that I'm going to kill you. This is what he said. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I just want you to know that that's not real. That's acting. Yeah, oh, no, wow. I was yeah. as, as pale as a ghost. Yeah, uh, I'd, be, I'd be shrinking in the booth there. Wow. Yeah, I was like, I couldn't even touch my Grand Slam. Uh, and <laughs> Oh, he took you to Denny's. That's nice. Yeah, he took me to Denny's. Yeah, it wasn't very far from set. So it was That's just interesting because right he made so much more money than the rest of us. Sorry, we can edit this out. I just, no, that's okay. That's, I think that's to fair take to you say. to Denny's is kind of day class A. Let's, yeah. That's the kind of guy he was, though. That's, I mean, look, he stayed rich for a long time, didn't he? He sure did. He yeah. sure he did. did. Yeah. Uh, but he took me, yeah, he took he took me out and was like, we're just going to, I'm going to really go for it. Uh, it's going to seem like I'm going to kill you. Act as if I'm about to spank you so hard when you're wow. in these scenes. Uh, and that's what I brought to it. That's sort of a, that, mm-hmm. that place of being like, I'm about to get spanked. Wow. I'm going to get spanked so hard my bones are going to fall out. Yeah. Wait, so this explains one of the sort of physical comedy moments that I noticed in the episode. This is probably minute eight, mm-hmm. 14 seconds, you kind of turn around and slightly bend over. Yeah. And I was like, what is, what is Harvey doing? And now I get it. That no. was a little nod to the spanking you thought you might be receiving. Yes. That was the sort of like, uh, you know, that was an improv sort of where, and I was like, can I, can we use that? Do you think that's good? And the, everybody was like, we love that. And those were the days before, you know, an intimacy coordinator. I don't know if that spanking, I guess, in a disciplinary way wouldn't necessarily fall under intimacy coordinator territory. But you were ready to let him spank you without supervision. Yeah, I was I was ready for, you know, they offered if uh, they wanted my parent to come be on set. And I was like, "Uh, uh, uh, I'm not giving them any ideas. (laughs) I think, Kelly, we have a question from a listener. Hi, my name's Dan, and my question is actually for Harvey. Uh, what was it like having to do your homework on set? Because you were still in high school. Yeah, you I was still in high fully school. Fully in high school. I had to, you know, in between takes, everybody's like schmoozing, having fun, maybe, you mm-hmm. know, recording auditions for their next thing. I was reading Beowulf. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was, I was having to read Great Expectations. I was having to do a report on The Great Gatsby, all the classics. And that's just your English class. And that's just my English class. Then we're talking all the other subjects as well that you were doing. Uh, for anatomy, uh, there was not a really great place for me to like dissect the frog like, on set. 
uh, and they wouldn't let me not do it or otherwise I would fail. I remember, you know what I remember, that frog ended up on the craft services table and that almost caused some awkward. (laughs) Yes, I was like, don't eat that. It's pumped filled with formaldehyde. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. But, you know, everybody sort of took a bite for fun because, you know, that's what you're going to do. So I wouldn't call myself a prankster, but, you know, that's just sort of like we also had a playful energy on the set. And, you know, I can't say how it got to crafty, but, you know, it, it certainly didn't walk over there. He's not talking. He's not talking. Yeah, yeah that's you're going to have to, you Bleeding know, thre- threaten fifth. to spank me. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know. Thanks. <laughs> the pranks on set were I think all time. I know a lot of people, a lot of casts talk about, oh yeah, we love to prank. No, we loved to prank. Yeah, no, everybody, every cast that says that they like that, uh, they got it from us. They got it from us, right? I'm not crazy. I'm not an egomaniac. We were legendary. I wrote an entirely different script. It wasn't for this episode. I'm sure we'll talk about it in the future, but I think this was in season two. I wrote my own script and I swapped everyone's scripts out at the no, table read. So not. they were, re- you remember this. You were furious at me because I made oh. you say some off color things. We got to I like. I try not to remember it because it was the low moment for our friendship. But no, I, d- I do remember what you're talking we about We got to now. like page four before Diana kind of blew up at me and got a little, got a little pissed off. Because I wasn't even really, I, I was asked to step away from anything writing related, including improvising on, on set, mm-hmm. you know. And that was like, again, a hallmark of a Diana Bones sitcom is that she's yes. in the driver's seat, right? showrunner Diana Bones is in control. Yeah. And so you're really pushing your limit there, Malin. I was. I just thought it'd be funny. Everyone memorizes the wrong lines. They perform a thing they'll never actually do again. And then, yeah, that's and really then like, good. yes, it added an entire day to the production schedule and it really did set us back. But I just, I just, sorry, love to prank. You printed all those scripts too. And with the watermarks and everything like that was like really, really mm-hmm. um, spectacular work. Uh, expensive, <laughs> costly to not only uh, your wallet but the environment as well like really really um yeah i remember mm-hmm. the script coordinator and i over in a corner just fuming at the time mm-hmm. but now of course looking back i think what moments of joy we were creating for each other on that yes. set oh exactly. yeah i'm that glad was... you can see it that way now yeah kel because i yeah I, I do apologize it wasn't a great time for i'm sure we'll get to that when we get to see it's two, fine but... you know i am more comfortable now going blue but in those days i was i was not open to it that was the thing about the prank script is that it was like, it was filthy. It was basically like a porn parody of the show. Well, yes, and it was, and and now I'm wondering, was I inspired by that whole spank thing? Perhaps. Yeah, there was something way. in the air, certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I mean, I'll attribute that to to Gus, just tr- kind of bringing a I don't know a subversive energy to things. It was and, a zaddy. Um, he might, you know, my girls just told me what a zaddy is because I would see it on their Instagram. I monitor their Instagrams and As I would should. see it coming up in their Instagrams. You know, their friends saying, oh, Tom Hanks is zaddy. So-and-so is zaddy. What the heck is a zaddy? And so now I understand that. Yes. You were talking about memorizing lines a second ago. Mm-hmm. I had a sort of advantageous spot on the bus where there was like a seat in front of me. So you can see my head and stuff. So like when they're shooting me from a certain angle. I had a lot of my lines written on the back of the seat. No. Oh, you lucky dog. Genius. It's, it was kind of my first gig, so I was having a, a you know, later on, I, I was taking classes later on in the run of the show, of course, but I had not ever uh, classically trained under anybody, so learning lines was like a very uh, new thing to me. I could rem- I could recite Eminem's raps. Yeah, I mean, in 2006, we were all reciting Eminem's raps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Palms are sweaty, et cetera. These weak arms are heavy. Mm-hmm. Vomit on a sweater already, Monster. Yeah, exactly. Same song. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's nervous. 
Yeah, but on the surface, it was common. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's like, that was huge. Impossible not to memorize that stuff. But if, I mean, if our lines were on the radio, maybe I would have memorized them. (laughs) Well, Harvey, I wanted to tell you that I just saw you in a movie and it was really good. Okay. Okay. You saw (laughs) that. You saw it. Wow. I did. I thought, you know, I thought you played a dad really convincingly. This, yeah. uh, Can you believe it? There, I, I, I can play dad roles now. It you comes know? for all of yeah. us, Harvey. Yeah. It comes for all of us. I found this is true. You guys are going to flip when you hear this. What's that? I, I, I pulled out a, a white hair the other day for my head. Here's here's a little tip. Uh, nothing a little hair dye can't fix. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'll be correcting that white hair real quick, that single one. Do you have a place that you go now for a hair these days? Because I remember on the show you were almost completely bald. And that was a choice that you made for your character. And now... Kevin, a nod nod to Eminem, if I recall. Mm-hmm. It was a nod to Eminem. It was a nod... Yeah, all the all sort of like bald kings from uh, 2006. <laughs> you got... Well, Eminem was like sort of like bleach blonde, but like mm-hmm. he had like a sort of like bald vibe to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in certain, um, in certain lights, I would perceive him as bald for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, Statham uh, was huge around mm-hmm. this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, so like, I, was, I was like, I want to be like that, kind of. Luckily, people got to know me as that. And then later on, when, you know, between seasons and uh, when the show finally ended, uh, they saw that, like, my hair is actually, like, quite beautiful. Quite Um, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, really full. I was so Uh, shocked to see when you started growing it out. I was like, I can't believe this is like silk. I wanted to touch it. It was sort of like the reverse thing where you're sort of like, uh, his hairline's growing in. Like, right, he's right. got a lot of hair coming in. Right How there. many men can say that, huh? Not my husband. <laughs> well, I know that a brilliant career is in progress for you now and will continue to happen because you are such a smart, funny young man and we are rooting for you and yeah. we're always in your corner. And I should say the name of that of the movie that Harvey was in was Dads Need Love Too. Dads yes. Need Love Too. And if then that was you and Kevin Hart, am I correct? Yeah, it was a, sort of a, a buddy thing uh, between Kevin and I. I met Kevin uh, at, at some parties, and uh, he's just, like, the funniest, like, truly, like, such a funny, like, nice guy. And he was like, let's do something together. Uh, and I pitched him this, like, single dads thing that mm. was sort of like... It's sort of like wedding crashers, but like instead of crashing weddings, they're like crashing uh, like people's dates. So they're just like getting to people's dates, like blind dates before mm-hmm. the actual people. Uh, and I pitched, I sold it in the room as like a like a preemptive cuckold situation comedy. <laughs> a preemptive cuckold. Yeah, like they don't even know it's happening yet. I've never seen anything anything like that. That's and what they so- said. Yeah. 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 It's just a, such a smart comedy. There I was really... a blank whiteboard in the room and I wrote that on the wall and they were like, go, go make it, go make it cuckold. now. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it is the, you know, we have the distinction of being like the first pre-cut comedy uh, to be released major, majorly in motion pictures. Uh, so it's huge. I did read in Deadline that it was being called like untitled pre-cut comedy for a little bit. And yes. you guys were getting some backlash because I think people just didn't get the concept yet. They didn't get the concept. And we actually really fought for that title and they would not let us do it. Yeah, um, That's uh, so they, interesting like, because yeah. I think this new title that you came up with leaves the door wide open for a sequel, right? Because you go from Dad Need Love to T-O-O 
to Dads Need Love too. T-W-O. That's good. And then y'all could also replace, it could be like a Dads Need franchise, right? It doesn't necessarily always have to be love. It could be money, uh, time to go fishing, mm-hmm. uh, food. Yeah, I mean, the chemistry between you and Kevin is just... Yeah. I'll say it. Fucking hilarious. You two, the way you bounce off of each other is electric. He he he's like such a, a dear friend and like a true like collaborator uh to me. And uh I just uh, I have the utmost respect for him and I just it's it's I can't wait for people to <laughs> see this thing, uh, you know, uh where whenever they get can get a chance to go see it. Cause I think hopefully the phone's gonna be ringing a little more. Cause like this was huge. I gotta ask, is it age appropriate for my girls keep in mind my girls are eight and ten what would you say i think and they're mature okay well then if they're mature i think they can see it um i think you know it's one of those situations where i think some of it might fly over their heads they might have a lot of questions afterwards but they'll like laugh along the way yeah yeah they'll have to sort of be like what's going on you know with this part of it and you'll be like well here's what happened and then you know hopefully hopefully not too many questions though we get into some pretty crazy no, stuff. No, I'm not ready for that talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it should fly over their heads. They'll have fun. They, Kevin Hart's, we're, the whole thing is like, at the end of the day, we're making funny faces and, you know, uh, jumping around, doing crazy stuff. It's it's fun. It's yeah. The scene where you where you two fall into the pool at the fancy party, I yes. think the, I think the girls will really get a kick out of that, Kel. That was hard. That was actually a really hard day on set. Um, oh. If it weren't for uh, some of the people, some of the people on set that day, we might have lost Kevin. Oh my god! That was like you're joking. I because I we it was sort of like a pushing sort of thing, and we're like let's just push each other. Like it'll be funnier if we're pushing each other. Let's try it this way first. I pushed Kevin, and I like pushed him like really really hard, and he sort of like went into the pool, and I lost my balance, and I fell like right on top of him. So he went further deeper into the pool, and it was like I got up, and everyone's like, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" I was like, "I'm fine." Where's Kevin? And he was at the bottom of the pool. Oh my God. And he wasn't float. He was, it was like a crazy thing because he wasn't floating. He didn't float back up like I did or nothing. Harvey, this is emotional. I'm like imagining. My whole body is seized up here. Like a this. world without Kevin Hart. And it would have been your fault. Like it this is. I know. Could you imagine that kid Oof. from riding around to man who robbed the world of Kevin Hart? But it luckily, there we had, you know, this is the, this is why you have to. Uh, have like a great staff. We had medics on scene, ready to go, ready to sort of like push on his belly to have the water come out from like his mouth and ears. Um, he was coming out his ears. It, he this, he was so full of water. It so full. It's you know it's bad when it's coming out of the ears. It's yeah, out the ears, the nose, the eyes, the. But can I say one thing too about it before, and then we'll move on. As soon as he got, he snapped back out of it. He said, "We didn't get it. Let's go again." A true professional. He's unbelievable. He's so great. I can't wait for people to see this movie. Well, listen, we're so excited. I'm so excited to go see it with my girls, first of all. And I think the rest of our listeners will want to see it too. So please, everyone who's listening, go check out Dads Need Love Too in theaters. And Harvey, is there anything else that you're working on right now that you'd like to plug before we sign off? Uh, Not that I'm uh, necessarily like working on, but uh, I've been enjoying... uh... I'll just, you know, can I like, yeah, affirm like somebody else's work? I think that's like sort of like, it doesn't happen a lot in this business. We're always promoting ourselves and so not others. So generous of you. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I like to promote this uh, this young man, uh, Matt Apodaca's podcast. Uh, he has a show called Get Played, uh, which is a, a video game podcast. And I haven't touched a video game since freaking Tetris, okay? It's been a long time. <laughs> like Tetris wow. from 2006. 
So that's like how you know. Like it was a newer Tetris, but it's been since then. I haven't had time. But it's a lot of fun to hear him and uh, his friends Nick Weiger and Heather Ann Campbell talk about video games. So check that out. Uh, I think if uh, you got some cool young kids, they'll probably like it. We've got kids and adults of all ages listening to this show as the comments and emails are making clear. So we will send them your way. Oh, great. Oh, my gosh. I can't. This is huge. Just to even be back talking about this. I, I could talk about this show for for ages. And so I have me back whenever uh, I'd love to talk about another episode, you know, because they got they got me into some serious stuff later on. They really did. They really did. We'll have to have you back, Harvey. Thanks again for joining us. so much to all of our listeners and thank you also to kelsey bailey who made our logo and to john Purcell for our theme music and for editing the show you can follow us at riding around pod on twitter and instagram and also send your thoughts and questions to riding at gmail.com please subscribe rate us review us anywhere you find your podcast please come back and join us next week we'll have another great episode for you that you won't want to miss see you then